Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, it is the second episode that we are recording for you this evening because we love you so much. But as mentioned in the first episode, it's also because we love hearing the sound of our own voices. Um, Joining me on this episode, oh yeah, by the way, my name is Mike Lunsford. I am the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. I also co-founded this website back in the halcyon days of 2014 with the lovely and talented guy I'm about to introduce right now. His name is Steve Monick. I'm glad you remembered to introduce yourself because it was going to be real awkward if I'd ask you what your name was because I did not remember. Who, who me? Why, I'm MC Brooks. <laughs> um, no. um, our, 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 the third leg in our podcasting um, Triforce is not joining us this evening because he is actually at a Wizards game. He won tickets. I don't know how he did. I'm going to have to ask him and we'll talk about it in the next episode. Um, plus, he's got to give us a, re, uh, uh, a rundown on what happened at uh, Katakon because he was there. And uh, we all know how fun that is. And we got to hear the stories about that. Oh. So we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll hey, real quick, you said the, the Triforce here. Yeah. Out of the three of us, just real quick, what's your gut reaction? Who's power, who's wisdom, who's courage out of the three of us? Um, Power, I would say because you're the tallest. And yeah, I would say you're power. I would say wisdom. Huh. Because it's power, wisdom, and what was the other one? Courage. Courage, huh. Yeah. And by the way, you made me the bad guy. So thanks a lot. Well, you know. You are the no. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could all evenly share each one of those. I have to feel like I just I give you wisdom just because you're the oldest of the group. So you have right. that old man sage like wisdom. I appreciate. And that. and Link is courage. So yeah. obviously, MC being the hero of the group, he gets to be <laughs> courage. MC's the hero of the group. Okay, fair. Uh, like he's it. the one who's bringing that sweet, sweet Katsukon info up in here. I think it's safe to say he's the hero of the group. He is the most courageous, isn't he? Like he does yeah. go to these cons. He did talk. He did tell, say that like the first night that he was there, there was there were remote control um, piles of of shit, like not actual <laughs> shit. Like it looked like shit, and you could remove it around with remote controls. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, this is already a good intro. I can't wait. <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, just a whole different place. <laughs> it, it really, truly is. Um, so for our second episode this evening, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking about milestones in, in our own personal lives. As far as like everything can be defined as before and after when it comes to those things. So 
for the most part, it's going to be pop culture things. I think that I mean, that's because that's what we talk about. We talk about movies and music and art and television and all those things. I mean, I think we could probably do some personal ones, too, like some things like, hey, like marriage, oh, kids, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Let's get to, <laughs> you know, let's get to the nobody, cares, nobody cares about that nonsense. Yeah, we care about which cartoon was <laughs> the one that changed your life. <laughs> which version of Scooby-Doo mattered to you? <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, since this is your topic, buddy, this is your baby, I'll let you go ahead and, and kind of kick things off here, and then I will follow suit. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you listen to the last episode, some of this might sound familiar, but the the impetus for this idea was Dragon Ball Z. Like, I clearly remember late elementary school, early middle school, stumbling upon it, um, and there's like so much of my life was impacted by this in many, many ways. Um, so I remember watching very, very early in the morning before school and due to like the ownership, right? Like the production rights um, in the U S there was a certain episode that it would play up to and that would restart. And so I would watch it on, I think it was like Fox Kids in the Morning or something like that. And it would always get up to that episode and restart. And then when Toonami picked it up, their after school stuff, when it was very early days, that's when I really got into like Thundercats, Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball Z. And I just remember and Reboot. And I remember that was like the initial slate of Toonami and just awesome after school programming. And same deal. It would always get to the same thing right before Goku fought Jace and Birder on Na on Namek. Just ridiculous. Every time they give the teaser and then it would never come. And then one day it did. And I was thrilled and I just loved it, loved it, loved it. And I just dove in headfirst at that. I got into reading online all the storylines from the movies and the later plot lines that hadn't aired in America yet. Um, cause this was all still when it was rolling out there was no real internet where you could stream a subbed version of Dragon Ball Super, you know, 12 hours after it airs in Japan or whatever. Like, you know, this, this was like me with a rotary phone versus someone with a smartphone, you know, today. Um, and I just remember spending countless hours looking on websites, reading plot descriptions, um, you know, finding out, oh, my gosh, there's these movies. What's what's this thing called GT? Just reading all these different things about it. Um, and the other big, big element of it is the American version of one of the specials, the history of trunks. The soundtrack had bits and pieces of Dream Theater's album Metropolis Part Two Scenes from Memory. The one that when you and I went to the concert, Mike, they played in full yeah. because it was 20th year anniversary because um, it came out in 99. Um, that time, 1999-2000, was also when like Napster was doing its thing. And so I pulled Dragon Ball Z soundtrack stuff off of Napster. That is how I discovered my favorite band. So, I mean, I like what I spent my time on, what me and my friends talked about in that those like formative early middle school years, um, when I really first started liking music of my own that wasn't just what my parents played in the car or hit music that everyone listened to like that was my first music and soundtrack like 
we want to talk about a milestone and a thing that was super formative in multiple ways. Um, I mean, God, I can't think of anything that might have had a bigger impact outside of Star Wars. Um, and that's one I'll, you know, I've talked about a couple of times. I don't know if we'll talk about it again, but I was just thinking like there is a distinct time before and after Dragon Ball Z. And I've been living in the after for, you know, over 20 years now, and I don't regret a second of it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's interesting that like not only was this your your show, this was your music. It was a double. It was a double milestone. So like, yeah, literally everything for you, both you know, television wise and music wise, is before and after this event. So yeah, that's a really good one. I I love music. I I wish that I had pursued it more. And instead of like you know middle school band playing the clarinet and shit, I wish that I had gotten a guitar and and taught myself how to play. Because I just I love it so much. I love singing it. I love listening to it. Whatever. Like I just I'm I'm a huge music fan. And I'm gonna give you guys just a little preview. This is a, a line from the upcoming episode of Stop Me If You Heard This about Pearl Jam. Uh, I'm gonna read it like word for word because it ties into with it, this one. Um, this is the intro. It says, uh, "There's a theme you'll notice with most of these Stop Me If You Heard This episodes. They feature '90s rock bands prominently. That is what I grew up on. This was the music of my formative years. So it's the music I know the most in- intimately." I tried to mix it up like with Jimmy Buffett episode uh, because I didn't know much about him going into it or same thing with David Bowie. But 90s alternative rock is my is my music. And I I, I can vividly remember there was this girl who I, I had known since like fourth or fifth grade. And like she was the first like crush, you know, like the first like you're in love with somebody before you knew what, you know, being in love with somebody was. And like, we were best friends and like, she would call me every day when we got home from school and we would talk on the phone and I would ride my bike to her house when I wasn't supposed to. And I remember her telling me that she listened to this radio station, 99.1 WHFS. And I was like, well, if I want to be cool, like this really awesome, tall blonde girl, who's like the bee's knees, then I need to start listening to this radio station too. And I did. And it was all of the music that I really liked that I saw on MTV. So like Nirvana and Green Day and all these other things. And it was like all of that music, but also new things that I had never heard before. And it was it was sixth grade. And I vividly remember it because that was my radio station from then on out. And like if you look at like my playlists and like the music that I listen to, almost all of it came from there at some point or another. Now, of course, there's other, you know, sources and other things and whatever. But like that was the one that meant the most to me, like the formative years was that radio station and the music that came from there. And like eventually, like they had to change formats and the radio station got sold and, you know, whatever. And like still to this day that like I I miss that radio station so much and not so much the music, but what it meant because it was it was the alternative. It was something different that nobody else was doing. And like when you hear like alternative rock now, it's not the same as it was back then, because now it's all like it all sounds almost exactly the same. But I mean, like this is the first radio station in the D.C. area that ever played Eminem. This is the first radio station in the D.C. area that played uh, Matchbox 20, which Matchbox 20, you, you don't think of as like, oh, man, they're alternative. But nobody would play them before that. Nobody would play Eminem before that. I mean, the Flaming Lips, um, um, 
The Violent Femmes, uh, Green Day, The Foo Fighters, Nirvana, uh, Pearl Jam. I mean, you name it. Like, this was the first radio station to play them in the area. And, like, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, like, it, it's no doubt. When, when nobody really knew what to do with any of this stuff, it, it was them. They were the first ones to do it. And I'm lucky that I had something like that because I'm sure that there are a lot of people who grew up who didn't have anything like that as far as, like, musically speaking. Like, they had to go off of whatever was on MTV or whatever was on like the local top 40 station. So I consider myself lucky when it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah, that's, that's bringing me back a little bit because ours was, um, the X that like, that was, um, the channel here. Yeah. Uh, one oh five nine. Yeah. One oh five nine, the X. Yeah, that was it. Um, and they had like, you know, some of the shock jocks and they played alt rock stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And that was kind of like what you'd put on and then you would like hear songs on there. And then again, like in, in the era, you jump on Napster, pull some stuff off <laughs> and make like mix CDs. Right. Yeah. You know, that was that was like kind of kind of the game is like how good of a mix CD can you put together that like you and your friends would would drive around the car to or listen to at their houses or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's really bringing me back, man, because I remember listening to some stuff on the X. It was like. Oh yeah, what's this Lincoln Park? Oh, that's interesting. Like that's that's different. I never heard something like that before. Um, and it, you know, you'd hear some some hits on there for bands. Like that was really when they were first making their mark. Um, and you're right. Like there'd be some real some some real social cachet and some real like friendships derived from mutual love of the same kind of music. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and, and I, I want to bring something up here real quick that you just mentioned, and, and it's really interesting. Steve, I'm, I just turned 38. You are 32? Is that right? Or are you 34? Uh, average them. So you're 33? 33. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I just want, I want to touch on this for just a second. Okay. So there's a five-year difference between our age, right? Um. But what's interesting about that is, is if if you took, because I we were both born in the '80s, so if you take that and you move it back 20 years, let's say we're both born in the '60s, the difference in our growing up is going to be slim to none. It's going to be almost identical as far as like the technology, as far as the things like in the music. It's all going to be basically the same, right? But you mentioned yeah, cause you, cause you were born yeah. in '81, then 80, 82. 82 and i was 86 yeah so so i will be because you just turned 38 technically yeah. this year at the very end of this year november yeah. i'll be 34 so yeah. almost five years four years but yeah, yeah so you're saying the difference between 62 and 66 you know people who were born in those years hardly any difference yeah but like you mentioned that you would go you would hear things on the radio and then you would go to napster and download them and make cds that technology was in its infancy when I was in high school. So like it was still like taking a tape and putting it in the uh, boom box and hitting record. That's how I got those. That's the only way you could get them other than like going out and buying the CDs. But, you know, I'm, what am I, a Rockefeller? No, I can't go buy CDs all the time. <laughs> so like like that was how you got that stuff. And then like when you drive around with your friends, you would play it in your tape deck in your car, which I feel like by the time you were driving, th there were no longer tape decks in cars. <laughs> so it's like... It's so crazy that I mean, it's part of being what they call the millennial generation, which is what we're part of, 
is technology just went from like, you know, slowly plodding along to like all of a sudden it was like mm, hyperdrive. Now we're going like super fast. And like, think about it. When we first started doing this podcast, you still it was most people were still downloading podcasts onto their iPod. That's where yeah. the name podcast came from. And That's now everybody's doing it on their phones or on their, like it, you don't even use that anymore. And just in a six year time frame, in a five year time frame, because we started the podcast like right at the end of 2014. So like, like how nuts is that to think? Like, sorry to kind of go off on a tangent there for a second, but it really makes me like, it, it's incredible. Like how much that's changed in just that short period of time. No, that's, that's true. Cause I, I distinctly remember our family having a family computer. Um, and it was one of those gateways that came in like the cow pattern boxes. I, yeah, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah. And, and I so, I mean like, and then within 10 years, uh, or give or take of that time of getting the first family computer. Um, I had my own laptop that had a DVD drive in it. You know what I mean? So you're saying like, yeah, the window of the expansion of that kind of technology within my lifetime from basically that middle schooler who was on the family computer using Napster to being able to, you know, if we're talking in parlance of different ways to steal music, like I could bit torrent literally anything that's ever been made, you know, in less than 20 years. I mean, any any movie, album, book, comic you know, TV show, you know, it's the explosion of what's available both legally and illegally um, and the, in the ease of access. Um, and the thing that I really like is I started pirating stuff because it was just honestly the easiest way to get the weird stuff that I wanted to watch, like anime or old movies or crap, because other nerds were capable of doing that. And finally, finally, legal technology has caught up to the point where you can get that stuff and it's actually easier than doing the piracy stuff. Yeah. It's like Disney Plus and Hulu and Netflix and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just pay 10 bucks to do that instead of like college age Steve going in all these different back alley websites to find this stuff because there was nowhere else to get it without buying like an international box set version of it for one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm so grateful that the technology has not only improved to the point where it's easier um, to do things, but it's easy to do things without going to all the terrible places you had to go before back in the past to do that, too. Exactly. And there's nothing truly worse than getting 99 percent through with an album downloading. And then for some reason, like it just wouldn't download that last piece. And it basically meant that the entire file was worthless and like, or you would finally get it to download and then it would just be like 20 seconds of the song looped over and over and over again. It was just like just the chorus and you're like, son of a bitch. Like it, it it's you, you damn kids. You got it so lucky these days. <laughs> like, well, it goes back to what you were saying on the yeah. last podcast about weird Al saying like on yeah. Kaza days, you're, you're trying to find a cool weird Al song. You download something that's titled weird Al and it's not, it's some, horrible garbage that someone recorded in their basement uh and it just was was you know a different time and now like not only are things easier to find they're legal to find but it's like yeah. oh also it actually has the things you say you're finding you're not 
trusting strangers who are posting things all over the place. Exactly. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's an inch. It's interesting how in just that that four four to five year time frame, like how vastly different things were. But anyways, um, let's keep moving on to to some more, man, because we we had a couple. Um, I wanted to like while we were talking about music, th- there were two bands in general that I remember specifically hearing and thinking I've never heard anything like this, and everything essentially was was before and after them and that would be nirvana is the first one which i've mentioned on on this on this podcast a billion times um but also um rage against the machine just two bands that like changed everything like i i remember before i even got into hfs um i remember listening to nirvana on mtv like i was up late one night watching uh headbangers ball and they played um, smells like Teen Spirit, and I was like, "This is the most incredible song I've ever heard." I don't understand a word he was saying, but th- this song, like, just—I it was like at that moment, I immediately became a teenager. Like, I immediately was like, "I don't uh, for some reason I don't like my parents anymore." I'm not sure why, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was—it was—it was awesome. It was like this this powerful, angry music, and I didn't know why it was angry, and I wanted to be angry too, and like I. It was just great. And then Rage Against the Machine was like this focused rage. Nirvana was just like just anger, just pointed in one direction. And Rage is like, we're pissed off and here's why. Because the government sucks and here's what they're doing wrong. And it's like all of this political. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, hell yeah. Power to the people. Like, it was just it was so cool. Like that this is what generated these feelings. I was like, music is, is some powerful shit, dude. And like it was yeah, everything has been different since then. I still remember. I still remember hearing Bulls on Parade the first time on HFS and being and thinking to myself, I've never heard anything like this. I've never heard a song like this. This is this is the greatest thing ever and used my allowance to go buy that album. And the second you said Bulls on Parade, that baseline is now in my head. Yeah. It's just it's it, not only is it, you know, making a statement, but you know the riffs the musicality you know what tom morello like the weird sounds he was able to make a guitar make because i i hesitate to always say he played the guitar because he definitely plays the guitar but then there's times where he makes the guitar make sounds and that's different than playing guitar um you know he just experiments with these different methodologies um him and herman lee from dragon force are the two that i always think of when i'm like those are dudes who are just like fooling around with the guitar to see what sounds can come out of it and i love the things that they do <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's that's pretty awesome i think everyone has that kind of seminal sound right that uh you know links in at that right time and it's always that age right it's always that middle school age where you're kind of developing into i'm not as much of a kid and i'm becoming more of who i'm going to be uh, as as, a, as an adult, um, and man, whatever you're listening to at that time, boy, does that lock in, and it yeah. really never leaves you. Absolutely, dude. What, what are what are some of your other milestones that you? Yes. Had? So this one's a little different, and it actually kind of routes back to what we were talking about with like how technology kind of changes things. Um, in college, um, I was really into watching i don't know if you've ever watched the series on youtube the angry video game nerd yeah um and he's funny nostalgia all that kind of stuff 
and I, I still watch the series to this day, you know, all these 50 years later or whatever. Um, you know, he's funny. He's a Pennsylvania guy. Granted, he's Philly, but I won't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he just has this love of video games and movies, and I just love the work he does. But kind of the more macro element there was, to me, that was a big paradigm shift from, oh, I can actually sit here and watch things for quite some time that aren't a scripted television show on one of the stations. Like I can actually be at my computer and watch something that just some guy made, you know what I mean? That, that was the first series where I would kind of appointment TV watch the way you used to on a weekly basis for whatever sitcom or drama was on NBC or whatever. Um, and that was the one where I'm like, Oh cool. A new, whatever came out on YouTube. Most of the time it was AVGN. Um, and you know, that was a, a whole thing where I'm like, wow, so technology really is kind of changing a lot of stuff. And obviously, it's radically different now, you know, with Netflix and, and Hulu and all the things we've mentioned before. But that was the first time where before, if you wanted to watch something, it was either you watch TV or you pop in a, the movie. Like you went and rented it or you, you owned a movie and you made the conscious decision. This was somewhere in between. This was its own thing off to the side. It was it was legitimately something new as far as a, a means of providing entertainment. Um, and I, I have a soft spot in my heart for that particular series. But I still, to this day, watch a lot of YouTube series, um, whether they're, they're serious, they're educational, they're comedy, they're parody, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I'm subscribed to dozens of different channels that, Sometimes, you know, after Mandy goes to bed and we've watched our normal reality show or our movie or whatever we're going to watch, you know, that's what I default to. Um, so there's definitely kind of a before and after for that. But that one more so than a particular art piece like Dragon Ball Z or Dream Theater, like a particular, you know, individual item in a genre that maybe you like a different band more or less. I just like that one. This was like a whole you know, art form and a whole means of delivery of that art that was revolutionary to me. And it hit at the right time at college because I could watch that at 3 a.m. or 11 a.m. in the morning or, or whatever. Um, you know, that flexibility of YouTube and the Internet's version of providing content, you know, that married perfectly to the at times very weird and sporadic schedule that a, that a college student typically keeps. Um, and that was a big change for me. And, and I still find myself more on my laptop and YouTube than, you know, I, I dropped, I, I, I cut cable my first apartment right out of, out of school. Um, because I was like, I don't think I really need this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because like I was such a such a TV fan in general. Like I loved TV. I like I wanted to be on a TV show or produce a TV show or be a, a movie director and like or be an actor. Like I was so in love with the whole world, all of it. Like I, I just the production element, the 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 creation element, and like I we we held on the cable for a long time. Like it wasn't until we moved here to this apartment, which it's been four or five years that we decided to cut it. And it was like within the last like two or three, but I, I want to give a shout out to those guys. Like I'm not a huge angry video game nerd fan in general. Um, but like 
any of those people that started the YouTube thing, any of those like people who have been doing YouTube for double digit years automatically in my in my book deserve praise, whether their stuff is good or bad or indifferent, whatever. The fact that they did that is why we can do what we're doing now, because it basically turned the whole concept of public access into not just something that's a joke that there there is high level stuff going on and if it wasn't for youtubers and the early podcasters we wouldn't be here because now anybody can do this and that really truly speaks to me more than anything else is that anybody with a will can do it and as long as you're willing to, to stick it out and teach yourself how to do the things like there's no longer that that paywall essentially of, oh, if you want to be in Hollywood, you got to do this and you got to have the money and you got to know people like now it's like the same thing with the radio. Now it's like, hey, you want to you want to have a radio show or you want to have a podcast, record your voice and then pop that shit on the Internet. And like that's why it always blows me away. Like there's so many people who are like, oh, I want to be a podcaster. I want to be a podcaster. I'm like, OK, cool. Record something and I'll teach you how to do it. And then they never record anything. And it's like you don't really want to do this, do you? Because it's super easy to do now. <laughs> The, the bar and, to entry is much lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like any asshole can have a podcast or a YouTube channel. And it's just like all you have to do is put minimal effort and then there you are. It's I think that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I don't I don't watch YouTube as much. We watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. Like as you found out, there's a whole Disney world and not like the park, but there's a whole world of YouTubers of that that YouTube about Disney and the various things around it. And like we watch a lot of that. And like, that's how Sandy is so knowledgeable about everything. And that's how Jax is so knowledgeable about things. But we watch them and like, there's people that we have fallen in love with that are YouTubers because of that. Like there's one, there's this guy named Justin Scard who he, he adventures all over the country and like does all sorts of stuff. He did like all of route 66 at one point, which is really cool. But like he was staying at this hotel room in Disney world that's themed after big thunder mountain railroad. So like, you know, it's out in the old West and it's miners and all that other stuff. And he basically, at one point he's just like, Hey, check out how awesome this room is. Look at all these cool features. And then at one point he like is dressed up like an old, like, you know, prospector. And it's just running around acting like an, like an idiot. But it's like some of the funniest things that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and that's including like scripted television. Like, we, we've we've sang the praises of Letterkenny on many occasions. Letterkenny started as a YouTube channel. And now we're going Sandy and I on March 20th are going to see Letterkenny live at the Lincoln Theater in D.C. Like, how awesome is that, that these guys went from a YouTube channel to now there's it's sold out like within a couple of hours. Like, that's incredible to think. It's just it, it's you want to talk about a before and after. Honestly, YouTube just in general like the world is different because of that. And like yeah, that's yeah. The the way you put it like when you said like public access. Like the first thing that jumped in my head was like public access in the 90s was Wayne's World. Like Exactly. Th yeah. That was the joke. There was these two jokers doing public access TV in their basement. Public access now is some of the wealthiest entertainers and the most uh well-known entertainers are people essentially doing public access they just have a different plat a different vehicle to do it in now i mean and youtube was the the pioneer but you think about like twitch and the you know the other gaming things i mean i've ne that that got beyond me like gaming was one of the things i never got too far into because i mean there's 
frankly, only so many hours in the day. Um, yeah, same. And you just kind of pick your poison. That was not one of the routes that I ended up going. But my God, I mean, some of the people and some of the money that, that goes around those things. I mean, you think like that's essentially the new version of public access. Uh, it's just a way different world than it was, you know, 30 years ago when Wayne's World was making fun of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's what I was thinking. Man. It's like that. Now, that's a paradigm shift that I think everyone kind of uh, agrees to. But where it hit for me specifically in that cross section of college, YouTube really becoming a thing. That was one where I was like, yeah, that one's kind of going to be embedded with me for for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I remember it was, um, it was the Saturday Night Live skit with Andy Samberg and I'm trying to remember the other guy's name, but they did the lazy, the lazy Sunday thing, where they like they do that rap song and it's all about Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, like how somebody showed them, oh hey, this is on YouTube, and they're like, wait, you can just take individual pieces of something and and watch it like this. Oh my God, this is gonna change the world. Like, and they were absolutely correct because it has like, and think about like those early days of YouTube too, when like you literally it was almost like a contest with your friends where it's like, oh, have you seen this video? Oh, search this real quick, and like you guys would go back and forth like showing each other funny videos on, on YouTube, and like. To think that like now there's videos that are are decades old that you showed your friends and like now if you told like a younger person who's like on YouTube all the time, hey, check out this video. They've never heard of it. Like that that's the thing that makes me feel old. I'm like, wow, YouTube is that old now. <laughs> like online videos are that old that there are ones that people have never heard of because they're too young for them. Yeah, I think. I think AVGN and at the time he was the angry Nintendo nerd, but yeah. I think his first video was like, oh, four. Wow. So, I mean, his channel is old enough to drive. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like that, that's how old it is, you know, and, and he definitely wasn't the first in YouTube. Like, you're right. Like there was those, you know, and the, most of them were the cringe ones, you know, like the Star Wars kid. Right. Like that would be that would be a good <laughs> example of one where like everyone showed each other that video and it became <laughs> a big, you know, cultural phenomenon, yeah. the, the touchstone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you're more likely to know that from like South Park than from the actual video at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten about that kid. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we, at the time, cause yeah. they're like, at the time YouTube had like 12 videos on it. Like everyone saw all of them. And now, I mean, there's so much content being pumped yeah. out onto that channel that, um, you, you, you can't keep up with it. <laughs> That one and the, the the grape stomping lady, the one from she's on the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> off the thing. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites. So <laughs> so one of the things that we do now, I don't know if you've noticed this on the podcast. If you listen all the way through the podcast, like while we're playing the, the whatever the, the song is, that's like the last song that we play. I have Yuli, you know, saying, hey, thank you for listening to GGR. And then Jack says, you know, this is, you know, um, this is a pirate radio network production juice bags. Um, I always have a clip of something from a movie, from a TV show, but I'm telling you right now, the clip is going to be the grape lady. So, yeah, the last couple of ones I've used, uh, I used one from justified. I used, um, one from South park where the Canadians are yelling at each other. I'm not your buddy guy. I'm not your guy friend. Yeah. 
it just goes back and forth. Yeah, I like I've I keep finding more clips to use that are funny like that. So there you go. You guys have something to look forward to. It's the grape lady at the end of this episode. So. Also, if you didn't know he was doing that, hey, there's some Easter eggs for you to go back and listen to the old podcast. I'm, I'm assuming that that's you saying that you haven't listened to those yet, have you, Steve? <laughs> well, when I start hearing the credits on any podcast, I go to the next one. Like I said, yeah, there's okay. only so many hours in a day, Mike. You have to be efficient, maximize your time. I put but a I, lot of Easter eggs in a lot of things. I do it in our uh, our thumbnails, too. Like when we were doing the uh, the uh, when we were doing the geek sheets, I put I would put them in the geek sheets. Uh, oh, that that I always caught that yeah. one. I knew like Mike's always putting these goofy little headlines or what picture you use that that always was. That was obvious. But um, yeah, I didn't realize you're going all like MCU with us and putting something at the end of the credits there. <laughs> I was. Yeah, you're going to stay through after the second. Yeah, the second credit. Yeah, there's there's two. There's two post credit scenes, basically. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll wrap up here in just a minute, man. But like, I, I want to think. I'm trying to think of any other ones um, that were like before and after. I mean, I I I specific. See, it's kind of unfair to say before and after with Star Wars, because I just I remember always loving Star Wars. I just remember being a little kid and like getting to watch Return of the Jedi and like thinking that that was the coolest shit ever. That this dude with a laser sword could just chop everybody to pieces and then he had to fight his dad and that was i didn't really understand all that but it was cool like I, i'm trying to remember any other ones that were like before and after when it came to movies like well so maybe not movies but i mean obviously star trek is a big deal to you like do you remember when you first plugged yes. into the star trek universe as a matter of fact there's an article that's going to be coming out this week well probably next week but i did um andy did a really cool series and and shout out to andy barsh uh he was the first person ever outside of me and steve to join ggr like it, he's from west virginia like steve and i had never met him before physically but like we gained an internet friend and it was and he became one of our writers and it was awesome he was on our podcast too he did a review of all of the robocop movies and we started doing basically like a like a series review. And after he finished that, I was like, I really want to do a Star Trek movies series review. So I did the first three Star Trek movies and I watched them in a weird order because the first Star Trek movie that I ever saw was Star Trek three, the search for Spock. And the reason why that was the first one that I ever saw was because it was the ABC movie of the week. And my dad recorded it off of TV so that I could watch. I had to go to bed. Right. And I got to watch it later. And I was like maybe in kindergarten. So I was like six, maybe seven. And I remember falling in love with that movie. It was so cool. And I was like, Dad, I, I got to know the rest of these Star Trek movies, too. So like we went back and we watched Star Trek one and Star Trek two. And then like Star Trek four, um, it, it had already been out in theaters, but they did a re-release for it. And like my mom and my dad and I, we all went and saw it in the theaters. And I was just I fell in love. Like I fell in love with the whole thing like the, the, the ships looked cool and like to start off with star trek 3 that's the one where they blow up the enterprise and they save spock like yeah. that's the <laughs> that's first a weird one. one where they terraform the the planet right yeah yeah exactly like well they had done it in the second one but basically like spock is resurrected because the planet got terraformed and it re kaboobulated his dna or whatever um yeah it was it was scientific it's, it's way above all of our heads obviously steve so <laughs> um <laughs> 
but that was that was such an awesome one to start with. And then I went back and watched Star Trek two and like just seeing the ship battles and lasers shooting at each other and torpedoes blowing shit up. It was just it was it was awesome. And like I fell in love with it. And I went back and watched the original series because my my aunt, my mom's mom was a Star Trek nerd, too. And she had like almost all of those on tape. So I got to watch those as a kid. And then like Star Trek, the next generation was just like getting ready to start. So I started watching that, too. It was just like the perfect time to become a total dweeb. And um, yeah, like to this day, like I love Star Wars, but I, I think I like Star Trek a little bit more. Like it's it's hard to describe because they're both like this like one and one a they're really even but like yeah I definitely remember vividly that ABC movie of the week I watched that damn movie so many times that I remembered the commercials. Wow. Yeah, like I memorized the commercials. Like I knew all the dialogue to that movie. I'd watched it that many times. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Or horribly nerdy but yeah either way <laughs> i mean that's secretly what i meant i just didn't yeah. want you to like feel bad because there's I'm... millions of people listening to this right now you can't hurt my feelings anymore steve it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i'm dead inside and i've been that way for years once you moved away to pennsylvania you can't hurt my feelings anymore monic <laughs> it's so funny too like when we had just started doing the podcast and you were like, yeah, I'm moving back to Pittsburgh. And I was like, well, that's going to suck. I honestly thought it was done. I thought we were never going to really do it that much. It would, you know, a couple of episodes here and there. But, like, we actually became better friends after you moved away. It's weird. Like, yeah, I think the way we put it, I think we talked about this, like, this was a long time ago. But I think the way we put it is, like, when you have to, when the, when the effort level is higher. Yeah. And you have to really, like, put in the extra step to, like, you know, continually text each other make sure you have the time available to sit down and do the podcast like yes it sucks that we can't just go grab a bite to eat whenever because we live 15 minutes from each other like yes that would be simpler and easier and more convenient but yeah sometimes like having the extra work that you have to do yeah it forges you know you know steel gets forged in fire you know what i mean that's that's kind of the way i've looked at it very true. Very true. In fact, like, I think if anything, like they did this in uh, the CW Arrowverse, like when they had their Crisis of Infinite Earths thing, like all the Earths like combined, basically, like more or less. So like everything's on one Earth now. Right. I wish that we could somehow do that, that it was like like Greensburg and Frederick Greenricksburg into one thing. And like you still had your job here. I had my job with the place that we both used to work at. And there were Eaton Parks down here. Um, and it would just be like this perfect amalgam. Like it was like, hey, we live next to each other. Oh, and there's Eaton Park? Fuck yeah. Like, it would, if, like if you can promise me that it's the Steelers football team and not your football team, oh, for I can sure. buy into this. And I also oh, yeah. like this theory because it means I get a professional basketball team. Granted, it's Gone. the Wizards, but it's better than nothing. I will take exactly. it. Exactly exactly like it would it would just be this perfect mashup it would be wonderful yeah it would be it basically i would just assume that it would, like, it would be like pittsburgh like down here and dc's still where it is but you guys just kind of come down here so it's kind of like the whole like dc baltimore thing where they're close enough where you can sort of kind of be fans of both teams and it's not a big deal but only south so you could be fans of both teams if you wanted to and it wouldn't be that big a deal so less snow uh, yeah. If we're talking, we're closer there. So, okay, scientists, get on this. Um, give, <laughs> give us some findings in the next couple of weeks here. We'll see what we can do about uh, 
you know, physically merging different uh, geographies together. Just basically, I'm just assuming we just take Maryland and just like out of the equation, just like slide it out and smash the two together, you know, dump like, it right into the Atlantic Ocean. Nobody needs it. Get rid of it. There you go. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, nobody needs it. I'm, I'm with you. So. I'm not saying the people, the people can live here um, or it's an application somewhere. Process, like, yeah. Not, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to convert to Pittsburgh Steelers fans, then, you know. <laughs> then my heart is open to everyone <laughs> under yeah. those conditions. Yeah. Oh, I just checked the score of the Wizards game, and they lost. Oh, man. That's um, a shame because they're playing Cleveland, and I'll tell you what. Yeah. Here's a, th- a little secret nobody knows. Without LeBron, Cleveland's not super good. Uh, so that stinks. Let's see. They were winning in the f- in the first. They were up 41-32. Uh, looks like in the second it was 29-25, so that would have been – they still would have been up. And the third, it was pretty close. And then the fourth, Cleveland just ran away with it. Yeah. Dang. That sucks. Poor MC. He had to watch the Wizards lose to the awful Cavs. And I feel like their coach just quit, like, this week. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Yeah. On his a... birthday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's their first game back from the All-Star break. So, yeah, that's not, the, not how you want to open that up, but... I suppose it is what it is. Um, I will say this. Um, I remember the moment when I was invested in becoming a hockey fan fully, um, and it wasn't even a Capitals moment. So the um, Quebec Nordiques moved to Denver to become the Colorado Avalanche. And I had that summer that they were moving to Denver, I was out visiting Denver Donnie. <laughs> like my yeah, uncle. Yeah, Denver Donnie. My uncle Steve and Aunt Susan and uh, cousin Donnie all lived. They lived in Montana at the time, but like honestly, the closest big city was Denver, and they and he, they lived in Denver before. So like I became kind of an Avs fan because they had this cool new logo, and I was like, all right, well the Caps suck, so you know let's root for another hockey team. But like it was more so like learning more about hockey outside of the DC area, and it was really kind of cool. And like because of that, like I appreciate hockey as a sport way much, way more than I ever did before that because before it was just like the local team and i didn't care about anybody else but like i learned way more about them i learned about the the detroit red wings and all of their history because the abs and the red wings had this big like rivalry it was just it was really cool it was a really cool like falling in love with a sport that i was like only sort of kind of familiar with um yeah for sure yeah so that was that was a really cool one that was god that would have been eighth grade so i would have been that would have been like 94 95 something like that yeah i had uh, see like i didn't i didn't have like a mo like i was trying to think about like sports yeah and i didn't have like a moment where it was clearly definitively the moment where i was not a fan of whatever and now am like i just gradually loved the steelers as i grew up watching them um i was very young when i started watching basketball with my dad and brother and, you know, like I remember watching like I remember Michael Jordan being the reason I liked basketball, but there wasn't like a specific game or moment where I was like, what is this? Like it was just as I understood how the game worked and more, I just liked it more and more. So, like, yeah. I wish there was a sports one. Like I was trying to rack my brains because I knew there would be some good pop culture ones like, you know, DBZ and whatnot. But I was like, 
I couldn't think of a good sports one. Sports is a little bit harder. Yeah, because like if you're a sports fan growing up, you just kind of it's just kind of always on. Like I I remember when I first started becoming a Washington football fan. Uh, they won the Super Bowl in 1988. They beat the Broncos, uh, beat the doors off the Broncos. And I was just little. And like it wasn't any reason uh, other than my dad really liked them, really liked football. So I wanted to be into it because my dad was into it. And I remember watching every game the next season like that, like the that year that they won the Super Bowl. I didn't really watch that much. Um, I remember watching the Super Bowl because it was like a big party. It was cool. You know, I was a little kid. But the next year, I remember watching every single game and they ended up being awful. They were seven and nine. Like uh, they didn't make you make the playoffs that year. But like watching every game that year and then the next year and then the year after. And they made the they made the Super Bowl in 90, 91, which is a lot of people say arguably that's one of the best teams of all time. They went 14 and two and beat the uh, the Bills. But like. Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember that baseball was just like it was always like baseball like. But yeah, like basketball, it was I, I just remember the, the early Jordan era, like the Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, like that that first dream team. I feel like that was like that was the big one was like when they, they did the dream dream team and they played in the Olympics and they whooped the crap out of everybody. And and. Well, this era is very exciting for basketball because there's a yeah. lot of really great individual stars. I really, really miss that 90s, late 80s, early 90s, maybe like late 90s. So like that late 80s to late 90s, like that 10-year stretch, that decade. Man, do I miss that era. Because there were yeah. some teams, man, like – yeah, there were stars. You know, there was, like you said, MJ and Bird and, and – uh, Magic Johnson and Patrick Ewing and all these people, but like even just the teams around, I loved watching the teams just beat the hell out of each other. Everyone was a rival with each other. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, like the Bulls and Knicks hate each other. The Knicks and the Pacers hated each other. You know, it was just so fun to watch these teams. Like I could watch games then, just any two teams. You know, oh yeah, sure I'll watch a Sonics Grizzlies game. Who cares? Uh, and it was just awesome to watch. And now it's you know, you kind of have to like a, a guy. You have to like someone yeah. on the team to, to really buy into him, which isn't oh, yeah. terrible. I mean, like I that's why I started liking uh, like the Mavericks a little bit. Like I really, really liked watching Dirk Nowitzki play. And, and yeah. luckily they right when he left, another really exciting guy, Luka Doncic, came in and, you yeah. know, they're just whatever super awesome foreign players on the Mavericks. I guess I'm just going to like. Uh, so that's, that's a thing now, but you got to like a person now. That's, that's a little different, but I could, I could see not for, for us, but for a younger fan, like yeah. I could see someone in the modern NBA having that paradigm moment where they watched that player do that thing. Like that game yeah. was the game where I decided I loved basketball because of whoever it is. Well, like I, I really became a I was a big football fan for a while there in the 90s. And we, we've talked about it before where like, you know, hey, Mike, why did you become a Patriots fan? Well, because Washington sucked and I needed another team to root for. Otherwise, <laughs> watching football was going to be miserable. And not only did I like turn on to the Patriots, I just loved football in general. Like I was playing it in like high school and like with my friends and like. So like the Packers were good. I liked Brett Favre and like I followed that team. The Broncos were good. I followed them like and it was more like I picked players from each team that I really, really liked. Like 
for instance, Mike Allstott with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was like my absolute favorite because he was just like a freight train. Like no one could tackle this dude and he would just run people over. And like like I said, Brett Favre. Am I remembering correctly that at the place we both worked, you had a Mike Allstott statuette? I sure do. Still have him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I have that one. He had, the big, he had the big pads with like the neck brace. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was oh, he was the best dude. Bad. He was he was so great. Yeah, um, <laughs> God, yeah, and like I, it's yeah, like I I became a fan of the players and like just the sport in general and like an overall appreciation for like these great players. Like I fell in love with Drew Bledsoe because he was this like dude with this giant arm who could like wing it like sixty yards like without even thinking about it and like turn the Patriots from this garbage franchise into like a perennial like Super Bowl contender. And it was just, it was cool. And being part of that was neat. And like, it was just like, yeah, like it's that that's. And then I, I kind of grew out of it. Like it's I, I honestly, like as I got older and I started like learning about like all the inner workings of it and like, honestly, man, that Ray Rice thing really ruined football for me. Like, learning learning about how the nfl handled their business and they were like oh well, we we're appalled that he did this and we had no video evidence and then everybody was like yeah but you did for like months dude what are you guys talking about and the nfl was like well what do you, you mean this video oh oh we thought this was something else like we thought somebody just sent us like a youtube video of that grape lady like we thought this was rachel ray yeah. making rice we I total miss we read the label wrong <laughs> our yeah. bad yeah, like that talking about the the touchdowns. I mean, there you go. Like on a on a negative aspect, that Ray Rice thing really killed it for me. And like also watching my football team and as I got older realizing some of the the connotations of what the knee, the name meant, which is if you're listening to this new, I don't say the name of the Washington football team for that reason. But like finding out that like Native Americans a lot of them don't like the name. And yes, I'm sure that some of you out there listening are like, yeah, but some of them do. That's all well and good. But if somebody says to you, hey, something's offensive and you're just like, no, it's not. That's not the right response, man. And like for them to to do what they do and, and like try to play this like sleight of hand game where they're like, oh, well, we've asked Native Americans whether they find it offensive. And, and most of them say no. What you don't know about that is, is they asked people from Pennsylvania who identified as Native Americans. So, like, for instance, Steve, are you a Native American? I mean, I was born in America, Mike, if that's what you're asking. So you're a Native American is what you're saying. That's the kind of people they were asking. They literally were asking, were you born in this country? So you're a Native American then. So do you find the name offensive? And they were like, no. And, like, that's that's what was messed up about it is that that's how they did the survey. And like, all right, I totally changed my stance on this. I'm pro the name now because Pennsylvanians are obviously <laughs> the smartest and most handsome people that it could take surveys. So uh, now was, that I know it was Pennsylvanians who took it, I'm on board. I was really hoping you were going to do your dumb Pennsylvania guy accent, too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's racist? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know name, about that. Use that name downtown all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about the potatoes. We have at that the weddings. <laughs> Just change the logo to that. It'll be okay. <laughs> Still got to change the name, change the logo. Oh man, yeah, change it to a potato, and then everybody's happy, right? Okay. Um, yeah, like I, I, I specifically remember that. I, re- I remember that being 
something that turned me off of football. And that sucks because I really enjoyed it. I really loved it for a while when I was younger. Like I knew backup quarterbacks on stupid teams, man. That's why I knew who Brian St. Pierre was like, ah, he played on the Steelers for a little while. Exactly. Number two for the Steelers. Number one in your heart. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones though, man, like that, that's, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was you with basketball though, wasn't it? Like you, you knew it that well. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I can still name drop some, some weirdo people from the nineties, but, um, that was just part of the fun for me and my brother too. Um, and I, I think those are the things that help, you know, did you have in that era, like you said, like your dad liked it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that helps to keep you in or out of something like if you were really plugged into watching football every weekend with someone, right? Like maybe those things that tip the scale towards, eh, maybe I'm not going to watch it anymore. Like maybe it gets tipped the other way. And I don't watch near as much basketball, like the NBA basketball as I used to in this modern era. And I could point to reasons like, eh, some of the rules that changed to make it more offensive heavy or, um, you know, they really just, revolve everything around the individual stars and less around team dynamic basketball. And those are the things that like, while I believe in are inherently true that change the game, if it was like, okay, but you know, three times a week, me and my brother are watching basketball together. I would overlook those things more so than I do now. And now I'm like, eh, I'm not as invested as I used to be. So I don't know. I mean, at least for me that that's part of it is who I'm plugged into these things with. Um, and going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, like some of these paradigm changing things like Dragon Ball Z, I watch with my best friends and my brother, the, the angry video game nerd and stuff I'd watch with my roommates in college. So some of these things, not only was it something that I personally loved and was plugged into and made me laugh or made me think, or I thought was awesome or whatever, but I also had other people to share that, you know, that experience with. Um, And I think that's what changes it from something that's enjoyable to something that tips the scales over. I mean, even mentioned like HFS, you and your, I don't want to say girlfriend, but friend girl, um, (laughs) you know, you shared that experience together. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of the thread to me where it, it kicks it up to another level where someone you care about cares about it on the same level that you do. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why, if you guys ever wanted to know like why we do the the um the what we're watching on the podcast or like I'll do the uh, what to watch in the uh, on the uh, on the website it's cuz we want to share those things with you and like that's that's part of what this is all about what GGR is all about and that's part of the reason why when you came down Steve I was so adamant on sharing Letterkenny with you because Sandy and I love it so much and I was like I I want to share this love with you and like the same thing with Rambo, like I, I wanted everybody to like appreciates it as much as I do and, and get into this thing so then we can have the jokes and we can make the the in the in jokes to each other. So I can like text you at 11, 11 and say, hey, Steve, it's 11, 11, make a wish, you know, <laughs> I wish you were so fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> like there, there's really, truly nothing better because I have one of the supervisors at the place that I work at. I got her into it as well. And every time it's 11, 11, I poke my head around the corner. I'm like, it's 11, 11. And she's like, stop being so awkward. Like, and nobody else gets it. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's this in joke that like surely slowly, but surely certain people are starting to get in on it. It's, it's great. 
And that's what I mean, you know, this great kind of a great way to kind of uh, tie things up here. That That's what this is all about. We we want to share these milestones with our uh, from our lives with you guys, because we want to hear them from you, too. And like when we do these these diner conversations, it's it's great learning about somebody by hearing these things you get you know so much about someone when you get to have these deep conversations you know like when you get to have these and i was listening to that that anniversary episode like i was saying and that's where the duck-sized horse and the (laughs) horse-sized ducks thing came up was that and like those are the best conversations you learn so much about a person because of dumb conversation, because of insightful, quite like just silly questions that go off on tangents. And like, um, I talked about like my new position that I took at, uh, at the job. And one of the things that my new boss does, and I absolutely love is he has a, a question for everybody at the end of a meeting. And his question was any musician alive or dead, you get to see them in concert and they get to play one song. Who's a musician? What's the song? And I like sat back in my chair and I was like, this is a good fucking boss. All right. Like I was excited and my choice, I said Nirvana and smells like teen spirit. Cause I was too young to see them in concert when they were, you know, when Kirk was still alive, but like some other people said, one of the guys said, I want to see guns and roses do welcome to the jungle. And I was like, that is an awesome choice. Like somebody chose uh, Elvis. Um, can't help falling in love with you. And I was like, that's a great one too. Like you learn so much about people when you, when you, when you get to peel back the layers and find out this sort of stuff. Now, the question I have for this one is, is it you are transporting that person here and now, or are you going to that time and place? So like, was it Guns N' Roses and you were going back to 1987 when they first like debuted? Like, do you get to be that specific or it's, okay, I'm going to be at, you know, a local venue in Pittsburgh and that era version of Guns N' Roses is coming to 2020 to play because that might change a little bit too if you're factoring in the the time and place that is wow that's a really good point you know what Steve you know what you just did you just created a topic for the next episode of GGR hell yeah we'll we'll use that that'll be a me and you and MC and you know what we'll invite C Gats since he's a musician as well because I think he would have a lot of great insight on that one so you hear that folks next week you're going to get some Katsukon recap and you're going to get this awesome music conversation that we're going to have, too. So that's a great question. Yeah, I think that that'll be good. Um, yeah, I mean, per- personally, if I'm choosing, I mean, I would want to go back to the time period. I'd want to be early 90s, you know, dressed in torn jeans and a flannel shirt tied around my waist and like hanging out with other misanthropic teenagers uh, listening to Nirvana and like really liking the music, but pretending like I didn't really like it because you couldn't like anything back then. You had to pretend like you hated everything. Yeah, everything's lame. Exactly. And then if anybody shows any excitement about something, that's lame, too. So yeah. <laughs> lame on, that, <laughs> on that note, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, another episode of Our Shenanigans. It's a great website. In fact, it's the Great Geek Refuge. GreatGeekRefuge.com is the URL. So check that out whenever you get a chance. Uh, listen to our podcast. It's everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on iTunes or I- Apple Music or whatever they're calling it now, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Google uh, Podcasts. We're there. Just You can Google us. You can find us. All the links are right there on the website for whatever you choose to listen to your podcast on. Um, but I-, I can't thank you guys enough for being being part of our uh, our weekly uh, divergence into uh, the nerdy and the geeky and the 
sometimes mundane but often deep uh, conversations that we have here on uh, GGR Pirate Radio. So for all of us here, for MC, for Yuli, for for Steve, for Ben, for Chelsea, for uh, for Russ. Hey, Russ, our new our newest contributor, who I met through you, Steve, uh, is now writing the the Star Trek Picard reviews and doing some video game reviews too. That's what's great about this is we're always adding more people because this refuge is for all. As long as you can remember the one rule, and that rule is crap. What is it, Steve? What's our rule? Something about underpants. Oh no, it's don't be a juice bag. There you go, guys. Hey, have a great weekend. These buckets are filled with grapes. What kind of grapes? These are filled with Chamberson grapes. And the winner this Saturday, who's stopped music, eating international foods, having wine tours and tasting, vineyard tours, seminars, arts and crafts. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Oh, oh. She's actually hurt. No, there. I think she is. Yeah, she's Ouch. hurt. She took a hard fall off there. Okay. Boy, gosh, I hope she's okay. Okay. Mm. We're going to make sure she is. We'll try and check on her and get back right. to you as soon as we can. We'll be back mm. right after this. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.